This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday night, everybody, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. A little bit of a later start uh, for the live show tonight, J-Doc. But nevertheless, uh, we are here to resume a conversation uh, and pick up what is part two of what was an hour-long show uh, a week ago, a conversation about uh, the closing of the refinery down in South Philadelphia. And I must tell you, uh, I must confess, the post conversation following the live broadcast uh, a week ago created a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter on social media, a lot of chatter uh, on the streets. Uh, I think our show may have even been indirectly or directly sent down to D.C. So there was a lot of conversation uh, on the show last week. We'll pick it up this week again. Yeah, Joe, it's one of the most impactful issues we've ever had on the broadcast. Uh, so th- th- This is part two of the movement to save the refinery in South Philly. And there's so many issues um, that, that in many cases don't make sense um, that, of course, it's going to strike a nerve in, in a lot of people. We're talking about millions and billions of dollars taken out of the economy, thousands of jobs lost. Uh, and, and so we're happy to have uh, Ryan O'Callaghan, who's the president of the United Steelworkers Local 10W, 10-1. We're going to have um, uh, Jody Della Barda. Uh, is that is that how? Della Barber. Della Barber. Um, Ryan, from, will you tell J-Doc to stop getting ahead of, ahead of himself? <laughs> I, 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 I spelled that I was going to tease Jody. She'll give you a slap. In the <laughs> next, Sorry, coming Jody. up into the next segment. Okay, Della, Della Barber. I apologize. Uh, a South Philadelphia community leader. Uh, who's who's has strong opinions on what's going on, and we have. And uh, she's very active. She, if if you've done a little bit, if you've searched her name, if you've seen her uh, in the news, if you watched her uh, organize a community rally down in South Philadelphia uh, regarding uh, crime and murders and everything else that was happening down there. She cares she's about very, her community. She, yeah, she's very. And she's very outspoken, vocal. and we have attorney J.B. Dilsheimer of Stampone O'Brien Dilsheimer, uh, specializes in catastrophic construction accidents and he's going to weigh in also as our expert counsel on the issue saturday night live with philly labor here on talk radio 1210 we'll be with you uh for the next hour we'll be here till about 8 40 uh on a saturday night ryan i want to come to you uh in just a moment just to give the listening audience and uh perhaps there are updates from uh a week ago and i want you to bring the audience up to speed uh in terms of what's going on ryan o'callaghan joining us uh in studio the president of usw 10 Dash one with us. Let me give you the microphone, sir, and give us an update. All right. Thanks again for having me on uh, to get this issue out there. Well, uh, this Wednesday was supposed to be a uh, hearing before the bankruptcy judge. Uh, PES pretty much got pummeled with objections to that. Our union, the contractors, the U.S. trustee, the U.S. attorney, Sunoco objected to it as well. So they asked for a delay. Now the the court hearing is uh, next Wednesday, the twelfth. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, the, the proper bid is awarded. 
uh, that starts up the refinery and, you know, we can get back to work. Now, just to piece it together for perhaps listeners tuning in for the very first time, the um, bankruptcy court entertained two bids, which we talked about a week ago on the radio show. The lower bid was the bid that was accepted. And when we say lower, or when we identified lower, Ryan, it was substantial. $25 million lower. It had more money up front, and that money obviously was going to go to the executives to get their bonuses of $5.5 million. The bid that would have been helpful to this whole area and employ everyone that was employed uh, at the refinery before was $25 million higher. Um, and was rejected by the, uh, you know, the, the executives. Uh, J- very shameful. J-Doc, let me come to you. You heard John Doherty kick off our show um, on the opening segment of last week's uh, show, and in 15 minutes, he covered 15 hours uh, of, of information. He delivered a lot of information. As a matter of fact, I had to, uh, just to compartmentalize some of those thoughts, I had to break them down uh, into different audio segments because he covered uh, a lot in our opening, specifically about that, about the low bid. Oh, yeah, and 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 like only Johnny Doc can. And so we had a lot of our labor leaders on last week covering a lot of the issues. Um, certainly the auction uh, situation was one of the most confusing ever. Never, ever heard yep. anybody accepting a bid for $25 million less. Uh, the low, the low bidder got it. And at this point, um, if you would d- discuss that the options, uh, that, 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 uh, PES is, is looking at, um, that literally would take $16 billion a year out of the economy. So they awarded the bid to a company that builds warehouses. Hmm. So this company wants to build warehouses there in a refinery, and it's automated warehouses. Uh, And right off the bat, they went to the judge, and they want the judge to throw out the collective bargaining agreement Mm -hmm. between PES and the USW. So it's a uh, non-union, low-paying jobs that they they would have. And and very few jobs because it's automated. Yep. no, Really, no jobs, no revenue into the city. And, And I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it, 36,000 workers were affected by this refinery shutting down. Who were those workers? They were the steel workers. They were laborers, heavy equipment operators, electricians, boilermakers, steam fitters, painters. They were also the janitors that cleaned the buildings every day, the truck drivers that delivered the products, the truck drivers that took the products away to the market, uh, the CSX railroad guys who brought in uh, crude and propane and uh, polypropyrene in and out of the refinery. It's the delivery guy. It's the people at the restaurants. And the businesses in, in, the, in, businesses in the neighborhood. In South Philadelphia. $16 billion uh, in economic uh, activity uh, because of that refinery. $33 million paid directly into the coffers of the city of Philadelphia. That's the extent of this uh, refinery going down. And let's talk about the, the, uh, the displacement of the, of the, you know, the, the workers. Uh, what's the status there? Well, for, for our workers, the USW, we have, you know, most are out of, uh, out of work. Others have been able to get employment in Oklahoma, North Dakota, Texas, uh, all over the place, you know, and it uproots families uh, and communities. And it also, you know, individually, people lose a, salt, a sense of community and their own dignity. Uh, and that's my point. It broke up families. And, and, and you know, tell us about some of the stories. I, I, I We haven't talked about this ahead of time, so... Um, 
having said that, I'd like to know what some of the conversations you've had with some of your members. They got to be scared, some of them, if not a lot of them. Yeah, everyone's scared. And, uh, you know, people are getting divorced over this. I, I mean, you know, you got the person who, who worked there, who worked 12 hour shifts all the time. Now they're home. And I guess the relationship between their, the spouses are different. I've heard of two people getting divorced already. It's just, it's depressing for people. Uh, and, and, and there were good jobs, good family sustaining, community sustaining jobs, uh, that this greedy company, uh, has chose to shut down. Like, like I said before, one unit went on fire. Every other unit was about to come up two days after that fire and they pulled the plug. Uh, they decided to file bankruptcy. And then you ask yourself, why would they file bankruptcy and pull the plug? They stuffed their pockets for about $5 million in bonuses retention bonuses they gave themselves and that's why they filed bankruptcy they have no social concern for the area the people who are running the company are from arizona and texas they're not from around here and that's another thing they ran into a brick wall when they thought they were going to give hilco to bid stuff their pockets well they're getting punched in the face by the unions and the working people of this city this is a fighting city and we're here to fight ryan let me ask you for clarity and i i have to confess i I may have missed in our show last week, I may have actually missed um, a reference that uh, John Doherty made specifically about you um, engaging in this fight. You're one of these employees who are no longer employed. That's, is, is, is that, that's correct. Is that accurate? Yes, I'm out of work. And, you know, I guess what's going on in my household is the same thing that's going on in everyone else's, you know. Uh, my wife's ner nervous. My children are nervous. Uh, you know, we've contemplated moving to Oklahoma and Texas. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't do it right now because, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty much ingrained in the, in the city of Philadelphia and the culture here. But it, we've had some rough uh, conversations. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we start back up and then, you know, we can get back to work. But, you know, my wife and I were even discussing our future retirement plans, how, how they've been held up. And I know, you know, friends of mine that worked in a refinery have drawn from their re retirement accounts just to keep going. I mean, this is a travesty. And for PES to take a $25 million bill, uh, bid less that would have started up the refinery, yeah, I, I really can't politely describe, uh, you know, my feelings for them. PES is Philadelphia Energy Solutions. You're listening in on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, on behalf of all of the workers who uh, have been displaced, I encourage the listening audience, J-Doc, to stay with us for the full hour uh, and uh, participate and be part uh, of this program or consume and get yourself educated on exactly what the real reality is uh, about the story down at the refinery. J-Doc, as you mentioned, coming up after the top of the hour, uh, when we go to the news at 8 o'clock in the um, 8 o'clock hour, we will have a South Philadelphia community leader uh, who will join us. Uh, J.B. Dilsheimer is with us uh, in studio. J.B., I'm not sure. I'll bring you into the conversation. You're mic'd up. Uh, you've listened to the opening of the show. I'm not sure you realized you were uh, coming on board and joining us for a live show in the middle of a hornet's nest, but uh, I'd love to get your opinion. You, you're a fighter for the worker. You're a fighter for unions. You've supported and represented so many clients who have been 
um, who, who wrong has been done uh, against them. Let me get you to give a personal thought or a personal I, I, opinion about the story. Absolutely. First of all, uh, Joe, thank you so much for having me here. And Ryan, I uh, appreciate being your guest tonight. And Joe, Doc, thank you. Um, you know, as, as Ryan was describing the predicament and we were talking before the show about what's been going on, I couldn't help but think about the clients that I represent. The most profound thing that happens when somebody gets hurt at work, seriously hurt, catastrophically hurt at work, and they lose the ability to work, it's horrible. And everything Ryan's talking about, the displaced workers, not knowing where, where your money's coming from, it's so emasculating for somebody whose job is to take care of their family. But what's even worse, it doesn't just hit the worker who's displaced, who sits at home, who all of a sudden is watching TV or figuring out what the heck to do during the day. It's a stress on the family. Ryan hit on it. He said he, he's heard about two people getting divorced. That's horrible. So there has to be a consciousness about what impact it has. Now, fortunately, Ryan, your workers aren't suffering an added physical injury that I see so often. Um, you know, when somebody's at home, then, the, you know, the stress, the financial stress is one thing on a family. Add to that somebody who's sitting at home having lost a leg or covered in burns or some horrible, horrible circumstance. But the loss of work is always the worst and most compelling thing. And I feel for your members. Um, it's hey, horrible to displace people like that. Let me ask you a legal question. And, and, sure. and I'm asking it out of ignorance. And I don't want to put you on the spot. But if anybody can, if anybody can weigh in on it, certainly you can. Um, is it a malicious act for PES, Philadelphia Energy Solutions, to purposely accept a lower bid which ultimately causes that mental anguish and that harm against every employee of the uh, refinery. I, I can tell you this as you know I have to I have to confess I'm not close enough to it to say one way or the other. What I can tell you is when you step back and look at it, 25 million dollar less bid certainly sounds, Peculiar. I don't know if it rises to the level of maliciousness, but it certainly sounds peculiar to me. And that's looking at it from where I sit and doing a different kind of a law of law. But nonetheless, being concerned about all workers who get displaced for any reason, how you justify that kind of acceptance of a bid that and when you know if you took the right bid, you can keep the plant open and you can keep these guys at work and you can keep the stress from their families and you know. Ryan's sitting here saying his kids are worried. Who needs, what? he's got a job. He had a great job, you know? So why put that family through that stress? So I don't know if I can say malicious, but certainly peculiar. And I hope that, you know, the lawyers that are working on this are contemplating that because I think, Joe, you put it really well when you asked the question and you said, you don't want to put me on the spot. You did. Well, and thank you. And I don't, and, and th I appreciate and, and thank you for the answer. But you, you, that's what I'm thinking. No, but you know what, um, JB, you said something before the show. I want to tell you a little bit about these employees. You said something that, that, that was to the heart of this thing, how a, a fire of the magnitude, of, and it was on the one union, um, you know, at a refinery, and, 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 and there were no catastrophic injuries, and there were five injuries, but the fact that they were able to contain it so that it wasn't worse was a tribute to the type of employees that we're talking about. And the reward that they got was they lost their jobs. Right. Well, Joe, I mean, 
it's amazing. And Ryan and I were talking about that. We all were that this is a hor- in my profession and, and at Stampone O'Brien Dilsheimer, we see when a catastrophe happens, like what happened at the refinery in June. Sure. We see that, but we have people dead or right. dismembered or burnt from head to toe. That could have been such a horrible, horrible tragedy. And yet only five people got hurt. That to me is a testament that something's working. The RAD system that I read about, and right. uh, I can't remember the woman's name who sort of was at the helm of that, making it happen and making sure things got shut down properly, saved lives. That could have been we could that could have been the Salvation Army building collapse all over again, You're and right. it wasn't. A- absolutely, and that goes to the training that we have, uh, both from the company and the steel workers. We have extensive training on processes and and how the happen what happens how to counter it and it all worked and at the same time everybody was working in that refinery the day of that fire that very same day one executive got a bonus ryan your union's job and i know you do it well is to make sure your guys are going home to their families and that working in a refinery is dangerous work it is and you're sending people home everybody went home five people with minor injuries you sent them all home with which in something that could have just been horrific Yep, nobody went to the hospital. And to me, that's a testament to those workers. And I want the general public to understand, you know, Ryan's story. Because Ryan's the president of the union, but he's also an employee at the union. So he's not speaking from a perspective of a high, some high-ranking nope. uh, labor official uh, who's, who's um, you know, representing members, which, by the way, you know, is, is a difficult job as it is. He's got double trouble. He's dealing with his own family, so he knows exactly what his employees and the workers and the members of his union are going through. It's a heartbreaking situation. Yeah, but it's not why he's mo- that's why he's not moving to Oklahoma either. He's standing right here and swinging he, back. Well, well, exactly. No matter which way the ship goes, he's going to be the last one on it, and he's going to be the first one back when he brings these people back to these jobs, to these good-paying jobs, which is an awesome thing. We're also going to talk about, especially uh, when our next guest comes on when she calls in, um, we're going to talk about the political situation. We're also going to talk about the community situation because a lot of rumors are going on that, that, that the community's against this, that it's an environmental type situation. Nobody cares about this community and their workers more than Ryan O'Callaghan, John Doherty, the labor leaders that, are, that have their members down there eight hours a day in the middle of it. That is the community. Exactly. That is the right. community but, there. But also the surrounding community also. Nobody, you know, you know, they got people running around there that don't live down there, talk, you know, trying to put fear in people's like, Listen, I'm for the environment. I so care I. about people's lives. Yep. If that's if that's a... Um, if that's a dangerous situation, if people are going to get cancer and all those things, and, and there's you know all kinds of chemicals in the air, that's a concern of mine. You know, we aren't dealing with insensitive people here. We're going to get to the top of the hour in CBS News coming up in 60 seconds. Ryan, before we do that, state for the audience, for the listening audience, for the benefit of everybody tuning in, um, your opening statement about what's next. Where are we um, in terms of what is the next vote? Or what is the next step in this process? And then we'll get to the break, and then we'll pick everything up on the other side. The next court appearance uh, scheduled is for next Wednesday. Um, all our objections will be heard, and hopefully the judge decides in our favor, and, and and we get back to work ASAP. All right, so Wednesday then would be the 12th. So Wednesday, February 12th uh, is the next step. This is... 
Saturday Night Live with Philly Labors. We come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll bring you the uh, news at the top of the hour, and we'll roll along on a Saturday night. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're here till about 8.40 on a Saturday night after a big Penn State basketball win, which you heard all of the action right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's part two, show two, of what could be, J-Doc, a novel of shows every single week we can come in and talk about um, the closing of the refinery, the uh, next hearing, which is going to be scheduled uh, on Wednesday, the 12th, as Ryan had mentioned, uh, going into uh, the break, and all of the controversy around the acceptance by PES and the willingness uh, to take a bid that uh, registered at $25 million below the Mendoza line, below the highest bidder. There were two bidders in bankruptcy uh, submitting a bid. So that's the story, part of the story uh, right now. We're going to move the show along. We're going to bring in, I think, um, one of uh, South Philadelphia's uh, most fiery residents, and I'm not quite sure um, I'm describing her correctly, um, but I think she has a lot to say, Ryan. Is that a fair uh, statement, fair assessment? She tells it like it is. I mean, and 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 now we're you know you know that the, the fact that it matter is the community gets to speak, and I'm I'm ecstatic to bring in to the program Jody Della Bar Barbara, uh, the South Philly community leader. Uh, Jody, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? We're doing good. Uh, you know, we can't wait to hear you weigh in on this issue. Uh, this is one of the most controversial issues we've ever had uh, on the show, and we've been doing the show for five years. Um, we have we have billions of dollars that are being taken out of the community. We have thousands of workers and businesses being displaced, and um, we have a community that that has a voice. And we'd like you to weigh in if you would. I I would love to. Uh, I wish the mayor would have listened to us. I, I was put on a panel, and we didn't get to say a word about any of the decisions. Uh, myself and someone else and. A lot of the union guys, you know, decisions were made uh, and we weren't even told about it until after they were made. All kinds of community people came in, made suggestions, but that but that probably all went in the trash. But as far as the community, look, this place has been here since 1865. It started out making kerosene. There has not been one home that's original to uh, before the refinery started. So everyone that bought a house in this area bought a house knowing there was a refinery there, but knowing there was jobs there. And there's been problems. I mean, this this was a big problem. When I was young, there was a lot of problems. There were fires. Frank Rizzo broke his leg. Eight firemen were killed. It, it, there was a an explosion, I'd say, at least once a year. But, I mean, thank God there hasn't been a lot because I think safety is, you know, really at a, a, 
a premium in the refinery, and uh, we're we're scared. I mean, you could be living on a street where gas ex- uh, there's a gas explosion, like Eighth Street. People still aren't back in their houses. That's PGW. So uh, you know, we really care about the jobs because without a job, you can't feed your family. After feeding your family. You can't survive. Jody, I'm trying to get the listening audience, who, uh, and it's a big audience, listening in on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, and a high percentage of the listening audience is going to fall outside of the two, one mile or two mile or three mile radius uh, of the neighborhood to where the refinery is. So in some ways, I feel as though that audience, respectfully, they don't quite understand the magnitude of what it means for that refinery um, to close, for that ref- the, the fallout and the impact uh, on, on everybody that you know. Well, I live, I'd say maybe not even a mile from the refinery. When I was on the community advisory panel, I walked home a lot. Uh, we uh, two blocks from my house was the quartermaster that employed eight thousand people. The Navy Yard twelve thousand. It killed South Philadelphia mm-hmm. and, and the surrounding area. It killed the businesses. The businesses all, I mean, they they have gone down to nothing when we lost the quartermaster and some of the uh, the restaurants. They do. They depend on the refinery. Uh, the stores depend on the refinery. People run out on their lunch and have lunch, or they go buy, you know, whatever they need. They go to Acme. They go to Shoprite. People don't realize the impact it has in the immediate area to our businesses, to the people who work there. They just don't understand it. People need to pay their tuition. The schools. I know a lot of people that lost their job. Someone I know had to move to Oklahoma. Somebody else to Texas. My nephew even worked there. He was lucky to get a job as a chemical engineer. He went to college for five years, and now he doesn't have a job. And, and the I'm community, sure that echoes with 1,500 people. And Jody, um, the community spirit. Um, you know, you, 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 you talk about factories. You talk about refineries. Uh, you, you know, getting sent to Mexico and leaving communities desolate. Um, the community, you know, the 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 refinery is a big part of this community, and uh, there are a lot of people, if I'm if I'm correct, from the community that actually work at the uh, at the refinery. What's the sentiment yes. of 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 the community itself? Because the rumors that are going around the out the people from outside the community that are coming in, spreading you know fear across the board, who don't only don't don't even live in the community, they don't even live in Philadelphia. What's the spirit of the people in the community and the sentiment regarding the refinery? Well, people, look, they're afraid of if there's a fume or something like that. They're always afraid. But when it comes to jobs, the community sticks together. When Sunoco was shuttering the refinery just to close it because the woman who took over just wanted to close the refinery, Phil Rinaldi came in with, with the group and opened it. People were ecstatic because people were keeping their jobs. And we thought everything would be fine for, for me. I'm 65. I thought at least the rest of my life there would, be, uh, uh, there would be jobs there. But a lot of people I talk to, except some that are like real, you know, environmental nuts that don't realize about the jobs, 
they want the refinery open. They want it safe, but they want it open. Saturday Night Live with and, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. Just so the audience can stay engaged with us in studio is Ryan O'Callaghan, president of USW, uh, joining us. Uh, attorney J B Dilsheimer is with us in studio along with J Duck. I'm Joe Kraus on a Saturday night uh, here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT by phone. Joining us, um, Jody Della Barbara, uh, who is a South Philadelphia. Uh, resident. Um, she is a community leader, uh, Ryan, in many ways, um, in terms of um, how you describe Jody. Um, she is an individual who has an opinion. Uh, her opinion is supported with heart, fact, and passion, and she's willing to share that opinion. She doesn't care who it offends. Is that an accurate statement of Jody? That is correct. You know, like I said, she tells it like it is, uh, you know, and, and- we're responsible to people like Jody, those of us who work in that refinery. They are our neighbors. So we are responsible to her thoughts um, and concerns and everyone around the gates uh, of that refinery. There's a, there's a refinery panel that the, the PES had that was left over from Sunoco. They meet once a month, and, and the company hears their concerns. The union hears their concerns as well. And if I could just speak on the safety, the safety note, I said it before, the USW had a full-time health, safety, and environmental staff in the refinery every day. And if it was unsafe, we wouldn't work there. And the refinery manager, the HR director, the medical director, the industrial hygienist worked in the refinery every day. Their offices were in the refinery. If, if, if it was unsafe, they wouldn't work there. JB? Jody, I just had a, had a follow-up question for you because... For me, I'm somewhat of an outsider. I mean, I, I obviously care about workers and their rights and, and making sure that they have a vibrant livelihood and jobs. But you touched on something, but I'd like to know more about it. Uh, and I think it, it helps the cause, too. Can you explain what you've seen different in the neighborhood since the plant closed? I mean, I know you, you kind of touched on it. Some restaurants are, are slowing down. And, I mean, are you seeing people that aren't working out in the street? Are they moving out of your neighborhood? Are there for sale signs on houses? What kind of things are you seeing that's devastating to this neighborhood because of what's going on? Well, I'm not, I'm not seeing sale signs yet because people don't want to move away. A few people did. A few people that I know from the refinery, they cannot find their jobs. Um, they, it, you know, they're specialized. You can't find another job here in the uh, fossil fuel industry. I see people that bought expensive houses and don't know if they're going to be able to keep them. I mean, they're keeping their fingers crossed because I don't think this is a dead issue. I mean, I'm hearing there's still a a, a sliver of hope. And I just, you know, we're just all hoping that somehow some miracle will happen. I understand the president wants it to stay open. So if he could do something, that would be great. Um, I would think that the mayor would want to keep it open because there was a lot of income tax, has, the, tax ma- came in. has the mayor has Mayor Kenny publicly weighed in on the, on the issue of the refinery at all? Is there anything out there from the mayor on this? I, I haven't seen anything. I, I could tell you not this. that I am aware of. I, I met with the mayor. Um, in his office, and I explained to him uh, the situation. I, I explained to him the uh, numbers. You know, the well, I mean, if anybody's siding, the with, if anybody's well, siding with South Philly, 
Yeah. Well, May, Mayor Kenny is sighted in South Philadelphia, you know, right? right. Which, which and, workers, and workers, yes. What shouldn't be lost either is how extraordinary it is that a community activist like Jody is siding with the refinery and saying, hey, keep the refinery open. Yeah, we worry. She said it pretty interesting thing. She said, we smell a fume, people get worried. Okay, but they're operating safely. Keep it open. This is a community. Jody, you're a community activist who's siding with the refinery because of its how it makes your neighborhood vibrant and your community vibrant. That's extraordinary. That's something the mayor should be paying attention to. Yeah, the, the mayor hasn't come out against it. Uh, you know, he might be letting the process go like it is. Maybe all politicians should do that. Uh, just let the ba- bankruptcy run its course. I, I do think he's aware. Uh, I know he's aware of the economic devastation that will uh, happen if it I, stays I didn't mean down. to cut you off. Finish your thought on your meeting with the mayor. Yeah, uh, I, in I, terms of what that bring us into that room or into that conversation, if you don't mind. Well, it was uh, probably in early July, and you know I appreciated him giving me his time. I explained to him the uh, the, the billions of dollars that would be cost to the refinery. Uh, he he mentioned about the environment and the safety. And I said to him, we'll never be safe, safer. And is there room for improvement in safety? Absolutely. And with a responsible owner, like we had under Mr. Rinaldi, we will have uh, more safety. You just have to have a responsible owner. And he accepted that. You know, it's definitely, um, you know, a complicated, you know, situation in regards to uh, politically and, and the landscape politically. But, uh, Jody, what do you think when you hear uh, – individuals from outside not only the neighborhood but outside the region what do you hear when you what, what do you think when you hear they're they're knocking on doors telling everybody else what they should think and 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 then hear it on the news that uh, that environmentalists uh and 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 activists are are you know voicing their opinion which is not necessarily what the community is thinking well, I think they're a bunch of clowns, and they should walk in these people's shoes who have lost their jobs and don't know where they're going to get the money to pay for the next meal. Also, uh, the, the big thing, like with fossil fuels, it's great that we're independent now. Would they rather go to war and depend on Iran to give us oil? This is so ridiculous. They come up with things. They come on buses like Philly Thrive with uh, plastic water bottles that are made with petroleum, which come from fossil right. fuels. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. And when they have the community meeting, they bring people in from Mount Airy and the Northeast and Jersey. They don't live here. So all of their concerns are environmental. Like I said, I am. There was a plume one time in the Shunk Street sewer. I screamed louder than anybody. But guess what? The refinery answered us immediately and remediated it. I used to smell a, a fume at night. I would call Sharice, who was the, the community relations person. She'd be driving around in Jersey. 90% of the time it was coming from Jersey. So, I mean, they did respond. The, the explosion was, was a freak thing that I hope never happens again. But these people coming in, it, to them it was like something wonderful happened with that explosion so they could come and protest. So the people living in the community aren't up in arms about the environmental problems that the people from outside the community are coming in to complain about. Is that right? Well, some people will get, you know, uh, they'll get some information. Oh, it's causing cancer and it's causing this. And it's, and it's really not. It's really not. I mean, if you're going to add everything up that's in South Philly, the fumes from, from, the, from the cars, from the, the stadiums, from, from the food center, from everything else, so, you know, you add everything up, it's a city, the refinery's there, and 
that's why we had the community advisory panel because we, you know, all of the uh, environmental information had to be given to the EPA, and if they would have shut them down if it was poison in the community. Jody, uh, we want to thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the broadcast. Your input means a lot, and uh, you, we, you know, thank you. you have a voice here, and we would love to have you back on again to discuss the issues. Okay, thank you. That good luck with everything, guys. Thank you so Thanks, much, Jody. Jody. All right, that was Jody. Okay. Della, that's Jody Della Barbara joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you uh, on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. This is part two uh, of a conversation about the refinery, uh, and as we go to break, Jay Doc. Um, and and to everybody listening uh, here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT, uh, I imagine the end of the conversation will not end. Uh, I know for sure when the program goes off the air tonight. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're somewhat discombobulated tonight because uh, of uh, the success of Penn State basketball, who uh, got a big victory tonight in the Big Ten, and they continue to roll on. Uh, and, of course, Penn State, is, or 1210, rather, uh, the official home of Penn State football and now Penn State basketball. So back to our conversation, I do want to... Um, send out a, a special thanks to uh, the South Philadelphia community leader, uh, Jody Del Barbara J. Doc, who joined us uh, and brought a lot of fire uh, in her conversation. But underneath the fire was reality. There was some real point. There was some yep. certainly some real stuff there. A- absolutely. And and Ryan, you you uh, you have some other issues you wanted to talk about before we before we move along. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, reach out to these politicians uh, that have uh, wavered. Uh, in July, the entire state delegation uh, legislative branch was at my union hall. Uh, we had representatives from Congress and senators. And at the end, I said, do you support the restart of the refinery? And they all said yes. Well, now some have written letters to the judge opposing this restart of the refinery. And I think it's appalling that it, with a poverty rate of 26% here in the city, they're going to wipe out these jobs. They want to wipe out these jobs. They never disputed the numbers of $16 billion, $30 million into the city coffers. And I just want to remind these politicians who have aspirations for U.S. Senator and for governor that there's 10,000 steel workers in this area, 50,000 steel workers in the state of Pennsylvania. You won't get our support. You had it before. You won't get it again. And the secretary treasurer of the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO is a steel worker, a third generation steel worker. Frank Snyder. He, I don't think he'll be cutting a check for you guys when you want to branch out and uh, become governor and whatnot or U.S. senator. We will remember that you wavered when you pledged your support for us. Uh, so I just wanted to get that out there and let them know we will remember. And it's a well said. And it was also what was said last night, last week, when Jimmy Snell mentioned that same exact yep. issue. You know, individuals want to come in. They they want to get they want to get you know support financially for the campaign. Next thing you know, they don't mention uh, you know that, that they're going to. I've got to be you. the dumbest guy in the room. I've got to be the dumbest guy in the city because I try and look at everything with with just a long 
um, extension of common sense. And I cannot in any way, shape, or form uh, come to a conclusion that closing the refinery, based on what the refinery means, I can't come to a conclusion or a justification to do it. Forget about the fire. I also think there's a lot of fear being being festered by people who aren't from the community. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but the fear from the community is not forcing PES to accept a bid. No, but it is making politicians run for the hills, bro. That you know, it's making you know that all that chatter by 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 people who are jumping up and down, who 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 in many cases are environmentalists. Mandalus, and by the way, like I don't think I think I think Ryan O'Callaghan, I think John Doherty, uh, J.B. Dillsheimer, you know Joe Krause, and all the people out there care about safety in the environment. We're not throwing workers or community no. p- people in the community to the wolves here. We're we're talking about. But I do think that the people with the loudest mouths are, are you know, are, are, are affecting the political landscape in the, in the jo- city of Philadelphia. Jody answered to what you just said, though, too, Joe. Jody answered to it great. She said, hey, we've had our environmental concerns. And you know what? They get on top of it. The refinery got on top of it. They paid attention. We have somebody we can go to. There's a specific person, and she's driving around, and she's helping us. Yep. And, you know, that that's what Ryan's saying. Why take all that away? Is the responsible union making sure that the environment is being watched? Absolutely. Here's the question. Is the political influence that you talk about? I just think people are getting nervous. But I'm saying, is the political influence forcing PES to accept that lower bid? You you have to question that. And I've thought of it myself. Uh, Where are they at? Where's Hilco? Who is Hilco talking to? What politicians are they uh, pushing? But um, we're going to remember this uh, if it goes the other way. But these politicians never come up with how they're going to fund the social services of the city of Philadelphia and the state with the loss of this. They never venture into that. There's a bunch of left-wing people out there that are yelling the loudest, and we need to start yelling. These people, a Penn professor sent her students to the parking lot of PS to visit her parking lot to say they're environmentalists, but they set up a TV and they powered the TV with a gasoline power generator. The gasoline that's made in the refinery. In the summer, they had a barbecue. They cooked their food with propane. So all they're advocating for is the transfer of good, family-sustaining, community-sustaining jobs to Russia and India because the New York Harbor is loaded with ships from Russia and India with fuel. Home heating oil, diesel fuel, and gasoline. All they are advocating for is the transfer of those jobs. Ryan, if you would, you know, obviously we want to stay on top of this issue, man. And we appreciate yeah. how you advocate for your members. And we're with you 100% here. We care about um, the, the good paying jobs, the community, uh, and and uh, everybody this is impacting. We care about the environment. So if we thought that this was impacting the environment, we wouldn't be here today. We're not throwing any. We don't. We just don't want you to throw I, the baby out with the bathwater. I, I, I leave the studios tonight, still not understanding why. Um, the uh, you're waving your hands at me, and I lost my train of thought. Still not leaving. Still not understanding why the PES is allowed to accept a bid. In bankruptcy court, which is being managed by the court, how you can accept something twenty-five million dollars less? I don't. I, I just don't understand. Well, 
hopefully that won't be the case. You'll give us an update, Ryan? I will. Absolutely. Right. Thank that, you. Thank you, guys. We'd like to have you call in next week and tell well, us do. exactly what's going on. Thanks, guys. Ryan, we're, thank we're, you, man. Well done. We're going we're gonna, to uh, transition a little bit um, you know, into, into our, our worker safety segment uh, and our safe job segment. Um, which is, uh, you know, one of the reasons we brought uh, J.B. Dilsheimer in here. Yeah, he didn't know night. he was doing full-time tonight. Yeah, well done, sir. Yeah, yeah, I was good to have you. Happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. If you would, tell us a little bit about the firm and what Absolutely. you guys do with catastrophically injured individuals. I, I will. And, you know, I, I want to do it at the same time by kind of using what Ryan's been talking about as a springboard. So I'm going to do both. Sure. But um, at Stampone O'Brien Dilsheimer Law, my specialty, my partner Kevin O'Brien's specialty, Joe Stampone's specialty, we handle third-party cases for injured workers. What's that mean? You get injured at work, you have workers' compensation, and you have a workers' compensation attorney who makes sure that you get the benefits you're entitled to while you're out for being injured. I look at, is there somebody other than your employer who can't be sued for your worker, work-related injury because of workers' comp? I look to see if somebody else's negligence, carelessness, recklessness caused your harm. So, for example, on a large construct, I, I worked on the Salvation Army building collapse case, for example. Tough case to and work on. Absolutely. But somebody other than the people that were employing the workers who got killed or some of the guests was responsible for harm, and we proved it. And, you know, in a situation, what we do and we do it passionately, and we do it at a personal level. I like to think that we put the personal and personal injury, that we are there. When you have a catastrophic injury from a work-related accident, I mean, God forbid somebody really got hurt in the, in the refinery fire recently, and that's why I want to use it as a springboard, a springboard, especially because your issue is so important, Ryan. I don't want to t- steal thunder from USW, you know, talking about what my firm does, but what we do when somebody gets hurt on the job and has a catastrophic injury like could have happened at the fire, we step in and make sure that beyond workers' compensation benefits, which are only going to take you for the short term, but if you're out of work for the rest of your life because of some god-awful tragedy, like you got injured in an explosion and burn injuries are the worst, they take the longest to heal, they have the most lasting impact, or God forbid, you know, I've represented people who lose an arm or a leg or have a brain injury at work. We make sure that you're going to take care of your family in the long term because we find the third party that's responsible. We look hard if people got hurt in this uh, explosion in June. We look to see why it happened. And we find out who other than either the union or the employer of the people that got hurt. We look to see who's really responsible. Is there a safety outfit out there that's supposed to be inspecting better? Did somebody miss something? We have the sophistication, the dedication, the concern, the compassion, the sympathy, and the empathy to dig deep, to figure it out, and we have the capacity to do it and take on all the big law firms that are going to represent the uh, well-heeled defendants. And we swing the bat. We're gladiators. And I love what we do. I love the support that we give to families and the difference that we make when we get a large recovery. It's, you know... And and justice happens in the courtroom. That's where change happens. It does. And it makes sure that the refinery stays safe. It makes sure that people go home safe every night to their families. And I could say this, people like me and workers need people like you. So thank you for your work. Thank you. I think there's a lot of cohesion between us because you need people like us too. 
We need people like you to make sure that everything's being done right. How do people contact you guys? Uh, you can reach us at uh, stamponelaw.com. You can uh, you call me on my cell anytime. I give it out. 215-779-0114. That's the personal touch I'm talking about. Every client I have can call me on my cell phone. They rarely abuse the privilege, but they're in a time of need. And you need personal injury lawyers who take that personal touch. J.B. Dilsheimer uh, of Stampon, uh O'Brien and Dilsheimer. Thanks so much for being our job safety uh, uh, segment, uh, you know, guest today. You, you, you guys do an amazing job. We appreciate what you do. Change happens in the courtroom, and that's what our labor's leaders do. That's exactly right. You know, we make sure that job, job safety, especially for unions, our union jobs, one of the priorities is keeping them safe, bringing them in on time and quality work. Union, unions originated in this country to make sure that happened. Worker rights, worker safety, worker benefits. You know, that, that's where it all started. And Ryan's doing a great job taking care of his guys the best he can. J.B. Dillsheimer joining us here uh, in studio. J.B., is, uh, when you come uh, show up for next Saturday night, uh, you'll be in J-Doc's <laughs> chair over there. Uh, J-Doc, let me know. I'm out of a job. Uh, <laughs> Not J- a uh, J-Doc, we'll let you know the next time that we need you uh, in studio. Whenever J.B. goes on vacation, I'm happy to be here, man. Uh, we got vacation next Saturday night, too. You're on the spot. <laughs> I'm on already. Uh, um, uh, on a serious note, as we bring the show to uh, close a couple of things um one uh we advocate for all of our workers so uh, on behalf of all of the workers who don't have an opportunity to say thank you for the work um i thought it was really compelling the way you laid it out for what you do and that's very very important Absolutely, i think and ryan thank you for thank you guys very much um i want you to continue to stand tall um i hold you in an unbelievable high regard sir um, you. as you sit here uh, affected, unemployed, and supporting all of the workers, continuing to support all of the workers uh, that uh, have lost their job. Uh, J-Doc, before I come to you for 30 seconds, um, I don't know Mayor Kenny. I know of Mayor Kenny. I've shaken Mayor Kenny's hands a few times at events and different places where I've seen Mayor Kenny, but I have no relationship with him at all. Mayor Kenny, if there's any political influence, it's time to step up and stay and save and keep the refinery open. As I ended the show last week uh, and suggested a drive down 95 South to the White House in Washington, President Trump is interested in winning Pennsylvania. President Trump will keep the refinery open. We need that refinery open. End of story. Jay Doc, it's all yours. You know, I want to thank Ryan O'Callaghan for what he does for his workers. He's one of them. Yeah. So when you're listening to individuals uh, and, 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 and our listeners, listen to the words that he says and listen to who he represents and listen to how hard he's advocating for him. I want to thank J.B. Dilsheimer for doing the same thing for the working people out there, keeping them safe creating change so people can go to work and come home in the afternoon. That's going to do it tonight for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on behalf of uh, J. Doc's finals, uh, final edition of Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. On behalf of Ryan, J.B., uh, Matt, and all of our listeners on a Saturday night. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.